Hello. And welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast discussing the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. I'm Alex. I'm Helen. Hello, Helen. And today we thought we'd use this episode as an opportunity to quiz Helen on what it's been like so far to study abroad. I know, so fun. Well, we all know that Helen's been studying in Switzerland because she never, ever shuts up about it. (laughs) Cute. So... (laughs) (laughs) We thought that um, this episode might be useful if you're umming and ahhing about potentially making the leap and moving abroad yourselves. We'll start by discussing how Helen has found working and living and studying in another language. That's obviously the first thing, I suppose. Then we'll talk about what it's been like meeting a whole group of singers and people about whose pasts and backgrounds you know nothing we'll talk about the different approaches (laughs) between europe and the uk in terms of how studying there prepares you for the world of work and finally uh we'll talk about the difference in focus let's call it between studying home studying abroad um in terms of your personal work uh in terms of the repertoire you choose and in terms of your behavior and other people's behavior around you it's gonna be good isn't it i can't wait yeah Cominciamo adesso, sì? Ok, grazie, ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs> so, Helen, what's it been like, huh? Tell me, in your best German for the rest of the episode, tell us oh, what it's been yeah. like working in another language. Es ist sehr gut, aber es ist auch ein bisschen schwierig. Wenn ich bin mit viele Leute ich fühle dass sie zu schnell sprechen und so ähm, ich nicht genug verstehen ja ja <lacht> äh, so hi everyone I picked the <lacht> I picked the studio because they were like it's in English and I was like thank Jesus sounds good for me and well I didn't really think about the fact that, yeah, okay, everybody might speak English, but all the signs everywhere, like all all of the stuff, the general stuff will still, you know, at first look be in another language. So any sign, any uh, label in a shop, any anything is either in German or French, depending on where you are, or Italian, depending on where you are (laughs) in Switzerland. And I was actually talking to somebody about the fact that like, you know, if you move to Germany, say, you're obviously just completely swept up in in German <laughs> because, you know, that's their, their language across the whole country. But obviously the thing about Switzerland is like, depending which part of the country you're in, they're speaking a different language. And actually like in, you know, Bern is closer than most of the other, you know, major cities to the French border. So if you kind of travel a bit further north of Bern to Beale, which is where the studio is predominantly based, that's a predominantly French speaking city. So um, there have been times where I like, I've tried to open in German and they respond to me in French and I'm just completely <laughs> lost because, you know, my German's okay, but my French is absolutely... So bad, so tra- bad Yeah, it, it's just... Horrible. Oh, nice. So I think for me, that was like a big, it was a big mentality shift because I suppose I did the classic thing that British people do, which is made the assumption that, you know, because I would speak English, I would be absolutely fine. 
and mm-hmm. i'm all you know as a person in general i don't really like to think of myself as like somebody that just you know kind of trundles into a foreign country and is like can i have a table please you know it's like <laughs> i want to be able to try and speak a bit in the language you know in, of the country in which i'm residing so mm-hmm. it's just a big old initial barrier and actually in some of the group classes and the classes where like everybody does speak fluent German, they speak in German. And actually like my teachers said to me, like, would you prefer it if we all spoke in English? And I said, no, because I was like, it is really good for me to just be hearing you speak and speak and speak and speak. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, over the course of time, I've obviously understood more and more, but it is one of those things that obviously like if they're all speaking in German and they crack a joke, like I won't understand what's been said like until a minute later. And like, it makes it really hard to contribute at all because you are essentially running behind the entire time on the chat. And like, I'm also incredibly nervous to speak in front of them because I know that my German isn't great. So like, I don't really want to say something and it just be like totally wrong and stupid. And then, you know, (laughs) I I don't get anywhere. Having said that though, like having those opportunities, I'm, I'm taking these German classes and everything. Like I'm fully aware that my German is constantly improving. Like my friend and I, we've just uh, moved to a new flat in, in Biel and essentially that full <laughs> process was conducted in German. And, um, you know, a lot of that involved intense translation on Deeple. If you don't know what Deeple is, Deeple. get on it. Life-changing translation tool. One of the best I've okay. ever seen. So good. But, you know, in terms of like quick conversational things like or you know can i get the mobile number like oh, i'm sorry i can't make it can we do this time we were able to kind of do that whole thing in german and i was like hey you know obviously it's much easier writing that kind of thing in an email when you have the time to think about it versus speaking where i literally just mm-hmm, panic mm-hmm. and say some kind of weird garble between english yeah, and yeah, german yeah. something about cake yeah yeah but i am um, you know determined and committed that by the end of these two years not saying i'll be like uh, a native but i really want to be able to like speak decent german and i certainly think you know i've i've made a fair go of it so far <laughs> i'll just keep going and i'll i'll pray to my german god you know valhalla whatever whoever um that that it keeps kind of going and getting better um but i think the other kind of thing i wanted to talk about to you in terms of like language is obviously yeah german and french and getting to grips with all of that is is a really big part of the the time i'm spending out there but i think also it's it's the fact that although you know the course is said to be like in english the english spoken there obviously as a native english speaker the english spoken there is of varying levels Mm. and (laughs) i think that's difficult because in some cases there was like a time where i sang an aria and afterwards i was asked a question and i just had no idea like what the question was or like what they meant by the question and so I was like oh I'm really sorry like could you repeat that and he just said the same thing again and I was like I just I can't conceive like what this question could be so you just start talking and uh you you know you're just praying that somebody kind of understands what you're saying and there have just been a few situations like that where it's like they think they're making perfect sense but they're really not and I feel incredibly rude to turn around and be like what you're saying doesn't make sense to me at all. So I kind of am just like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, great, whatever. Yeah, whatever you think, is that's great. And I think alongside that, in terms of like having coachings in certain situations, I find sometimes the nuance is lost. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. saying something to me and I'm, I'm there and I'm like, I'm really not sure if this is what you're driving at or if it's something else. And, you know, sometimes you ask and clarify, but you don't really get much clarification because you not. are limited yeah. by the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, this person here isn't speaking in their mother tongue. I can't speak in Italian, so I, I can't speak their mother tongue. And you're just kind of doing your best to try and understand the situation as best you can. So I think that's quite something. And then obviously in terms of the studio itself, you know, it's 10 singers, eight different countries. English is the common language, but again, the varying levels of English that are kind of at hand means a lot gets lost. And um, it's just getting used to that. Initially, I suppose it did make me a bit, uh, it made me upset, not, not for any like mega reason, just that like, I was worried about us connecting because I was like, gosh, how do we form connections if we can't effectively converse? And I also remember just as a final point, like because English was the common language, when I first arrived at the studio, I was just speaking at the same speed I would speak to you. Yes. You know, I was speaking so, so, so quickly because I just assumed I would be understood. And then like, as I was talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to slow all of this down because mm-hmm. everyone's obviously having to like work to translate and like I need to remember that so it's been interesting it really has yeah I guess that's you kind of end up working on generalizations a lot don't you and uh, well on a musical level right well from from the from the couple of times I've been abroad it's like as a co- they as you said they don't have the nuances and in a coaching you really want to go into musical or character detail or whatever and it's like well, the only word I know is sad, so sing it sadly, please. <laughs> uh, whereas, you know, you want to be so more, so much more nuanced than that, don't you, normally? Definitely. It helps, like, the more you know the person because mm-hmm. you're able to kind of try and understand what they're, like, uh, attempting to convey with the language that they have at their disposal. And equally, it's the thing of, like, I'll try and take down as much in the session as I can and then I'll go away and kind of attempt to ruminate on what has been conveyed to me. And, like, sometimes I might come back and they're like, like, why are you doing that? And I was like, oh, no, I thought that's what you meant. But it's obviously not what you mean (laughs) at all. But it's, it's, you know, in a way, it's funny. Like, I do, I see it as my, my shortcoming because you know, these people here can speak German, French, Italian, whatever, not, not all of them, Mm, all of the mm -hmm. languages, but they can. And I'm here with some average to poor German (laughs) and average poor English. So, uh, well, there we go. You know, (laughs) have you tried cracking any jokes in German yet? No, I don't understand how you would make a joke in German. I really, uh, I'm vids. (laughs) I have not made any, uh, vidsen. Yeah. Oh, well, I look forward to that. But I remember, Al, you were kind of saying, you know, you've been, you've worked out in Italy quite a few times now and you've, you've been on various projects out there. How, how did you kind of find that, that, that language? Cause I mean, you're, you're Italian's really strong. So how how did you find that, that process? Yeah. I, I, well, I found it a bit frustrating actually every time because, the, the group that I've worked with a couple of times in Venice, for example, um, they want to speak English because they want to ah. they want to practice their English. And uh, actually, it's the lady who plays the harpsichord. Her English is really good, like better than my Italian is. So it just ends up and, and I, I find that really frustrating and I can't course, really yeah. say that to them. I can't. Well, maybe I should just be like, can we speak in Italian? It'd be really good for me. But yeah. I, I just don't. Don't want to do that and then be really shit. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. So yeah, that and 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 a couple of other times as well. 
you know, my Italian has been fine understanding-wise, but then it's been it's been the case of they speak to me in Italian, but they're like, oh, just reply in English, it's fine. So it's it's that thing where I'm I'm sure you find the same. You can hear and you can pick it up and you understand what they're saying, but it's like bleh, getting the sentences oh. out yourself just takes so much more time. So it's quicker for both parties just to speak in their mother tongue, which I just find ludicrous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I found that actually. I was like, wow, like because I was trying to speak in German and then people were speaking back to me in English because they thought I'd understand it quicker. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I'm really trying to like mm. learn here, and it's probably easier where I am because it's like alongside people trying to practice their English they are also trying to practice their German so like you have a couple of us that are attempting to improve and so we'll try and work with each other to like not be horrific and I'm taking like a German (laughs) class so like you know the idea is that we are trying to all speak in German or whatever but obviously for you when it's quite a working situation time Mm. is of the essence for Mm -hmm, you there mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah This is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Once again, this is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. I guess my next questions are sort of about like how... Great question. Okay, let me rephrase this. When, When you come across a singer in the UK, you can stalk them on Facebook or however you do it. And you can be like, okay, they've sung with this group. They've sung with that group. Uh, they played this small role in this show. Uh, they're friends with these people. So I sort of, I, I've already built an image of them and I've, I've made my decision about them. I'm going to hate them. They're the worst. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't know what these groups are in Europe. You don't know their background. You know, they could have sung at, I don't know, the Croatian Symphony Hall and that, that, that could be either amazing or terrible, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you find that? That's sort of yeah. blank slate. It's a funny one because like uh, where we come from, I think like, you know, your your CV or your history or like what you've done feels important because mm. we gave so much to, to, to do certain things. <laughs> And so therefore it's like, yeah, I, I spent a while like looking at everybody's like CVs and whatever. And I just, I couldn't tell from Adam, you know, what people had done because yeah, like you say, I don't know the venues. I don't know the organizations. I don't know the, the groups and, and the, the, the type of music making. And so in a way, actually, there was something really refreshing about it because Again, I think we come from a culture where it's like our expectation of ourselves is so high. And when we don't live up to that, we actually like we hamper our own ability. Whereas, yeah, in this situation where it's like, well, nobody knows. Like nobody knows where I've come from. Nobody really knows what I've done. So like all I can do is deliver this. And and that's that's that. And in uh, in the converse, like watching and listening to all of these singers, all you can do is take them at their face value. Mm. And then, you know, as you work together, kind of get a sense of them and how they approach the 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 work the school whatever and um yeah I, there there is there's something really refreshing about kind of i don't know if uh, for me my musical education in such a way sometimes hangs as like a, a bit of a shadow for me where i'm like oh am i ever going to like live up to this expectation of myself but actually like just being in another country i'm like i'm just a bit like fuck it there's like, there's no expectation i suppose anymore is there yeah, yeah and um it, I, I don't know, in a way it kind of, to me, feels a bit healthier because mm. rather than being like, ooh, they went here and they did this and like, ooh, like 
that's I want that or like ooh, oh they were there god they must be so amazing and like oh I, I haven't done anything like that I must be terrible like to not have all of that when you're working with these people kind of ticking around in your head you kind of are just like listening to the sound and and like doing the work and you're like oh it's it's nice not to to be so worried maybe about like these people I think often and we have talked about this like I'm so worried about what other people think of me and in a way like not knowing where all these people have come from I'm like who cares like they might not know anything they might know everything (laughs) and I'll just I'll just take it take it as it comes and yeah there's there's something nice in that but there's also for me it kind of showed me in in greater clarity that not not everybody is good every day Mm. no matter like how like what you've done or like where you've been how many amazing things are on your cv no matter that people have off days people are really tired some days people are angry some days whatever and so like i just think it showed me that in in a bit more of a a practical sense you know it's like working with the same people every day everybody's abilities go up and down depending on a whole host of external circumstances whereas again in a way like the uk because it's the uk and it's small in a way the industry you know what everybody's done and you know Mm -hmm, where they've been mm -hmm. and you know who they know and like this whole kind of sticky spider's web network kind of you feel you're stuck in it kind of and yeah like i said like not having this common ground it's quite liberating you know just being like well it is what it is um so i think that's like the real pro of it i think the con of it is like it's really hard to find general common ground of course and and have something that that binds you and even just having musical experiences that that bind you and set a base level for you know for some people learning the music is the thing that takes the most time and that's really what they have to work on for some people it's the memorizing of the music for some people it's the the technical issues of the music or whatever you know and like because none of us have trained in the same places we don't really know what we know like as in we don't know what the others know or like how do you learn music Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and so like it's just something that kind of comes out over the over the course of time I don't know if you've like again for us obviously we have a very similar background so for us Mm. like common ground is plenty but in terms of your work I know yeah you were saying you were in Italy and I know you worked with a a French ensemble uh, over in America kind of how did that affect you well one thing that was immediately obvious to me working with a French group and with Italians is that like as a countertenor in the UK I am steeped in Purcell and Handel uh whereas that is not the case for them they're like Purcell, uh, uh, we we do it like this, and it's like mm, don't do it like that. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like the bread and butter. Yeah, it's just normal. Whereas for them, it's like no, this is this is like a, a fun, fun, really unique English thing that we're doing. Yeah, and similarly, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, my my Italian repertoire for for this is is a handlari, and they were like, no, we don't consider like that very Italian, you know. It's sort of Germanic. And I was yeah, like, that's sure. funny. Yeah. Like, where? and they were like, where's the Vivaldi? Where's the Caldara? Where's the Scarlatti? I was like, what? Who? Um, yeah, yeah. So it did, it did really open my eyes to things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, you know, the common ground. It's. Did you it, find you could bond with them? Like, do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the great. problem. I couldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> and not that all bonding revolves for me around like, 
bitching about people. <laughs> it's not, but you know, there, there's an element of like, once you find like a, a grapple, like a common ground, which you can hook onto. And yep. then from that spirals out other conversations, it's really nice. Whereas instead you're sort of like stuck talking about generalities a lot, which is fine, but I find really boring and I just don't care. So I'm asking these questions and I'm, I literally switch off to the answers and I can see them switch off to their own answers because like no one cares. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me it's like the big ones of food, drink, weather, family. Mm. That is like Done. the four and co- like coffee is a whole world of its own in terms of conversation oh like God, great the group could talk about coffee for hours but really i know i know what you mean it's like in a way because you're not able to kind of converse fluently in like your mother tongue it's really hard to find those commonalities those things that because i think we all in life are looking for people like to sh- have shared experiences and the things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you know bond people together so when you're unable to kind of source that it's like how do you bond like when you when you don't have these things and it's it's I think it's a lot harder definitely Mm. and also like (laughs) a lot of my humor let's call it is just being rude to people (laughs) (laughs) putting them down or just you know anything (laughs) they say I'm like stupid shut up and it doesn't really fly very well if Europeans don't get it yeah guys love you all but you don't get it especially yeah if if you can't obviously a language barrier so you can't read someone's tone of voice very well yeah, it just yeah. comes across as extremely rude so yeah i've learned just to keep my mouth shut and just say it in my I head really, that i think that's like <laughs> sarcasm and self-deprecating humor are just things that i like like my soul aches for after a while mm. i'm like oh my god where are the people just like ripping the shit out of themselves yeah. <laughs> like i need it now <laughs> ah, i'm changing Today we're bringing you an advert for Things Musicians Don't Talk About, a podcast committed to sharing the stories which need to be heard of musicians and creatives. Hosts Hattie Butterworth and Rebecca Toll release episodes on a wide range of topics, discussing medication, managing mental health, and they also interview many special guests. In November 2021, Things Musicians Don't Talk About did an incredible series on Musicians Injury Awareness Week, which honestly, I could not recommend more. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. This is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup. Once again, this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup. Okay, so next up, something we wanted to talk about uh, in terms of working abroad is the kind of different approaches to uh, music making, uh, the music industry, and like how to kind of forge a career in the industry um something i think i've noticed quite significantly working out in europe versus like working in the uk is that um i don't know how to describe it but there's this sense of like a practical preparation for some form of career mm-hmm. and i suppose what i mean when i say that is and we discussed this before like in germany in vienna in switzerland as well also in france like so many of the cities but also the towns have their own opera house and so productions are on on all kind of scales and levels and therefore really the the kind of window of opportunity for a singer is or at least it feels greater so like when I consider my time in the UK which you know love it such a big part of it was like needing to be the best of the best because if you're not the best of the best 
you're never going to make it as a singer in the industry. However, I feel in, or at least where I am, you know, they're aiming for excellence. They're aiming for, you know, really high-end creative output. But it's not, it's not, the, the discussion doesn't remain about like, be the top of the top. How will you be the best of the best of the best? It's like, when you go to audition for hundreds of houses, which you will, these are things that might be wise in terms of getting your foot in the door. You know, it's like, it's 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 a bit more when you go and do what every singer has to do, which is put themselves in front of as many casting panels as is humanly possible. <laughs> these are ways to kind of support yourself and, and, and help yourself. And I, I suppose talking to singers who, who, who are out on the, the studio program as well, like, they would talk about the fact that obviously like Switzerland, it borders Italy, France, Germany, and like traveling between these countries doesn't seem to be such a big thing. Whereas obviously like, because the UK is an island, that idea of like going to France to like work is quite like a, ooh, go to France to work. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's do ballet. it. Yeah, whereas like, you know, uh, there, there's a soprano on the program it's like one day we were doing the show she caught an overnight train she was in France she auditioned she was back by the end of the next day you know oh so gosh, like wow. kind of cr- crossing the borders and like putting yourself forward for work in different countries doesn't seem to be as crazy a thing and, and with mm. that in mind as I say that window of opportunity feels greater and I think just to come back on something I was touching on earlier like I do think it's partly our musical education, Alex, but that kind of pressure to be the best for me is something that really, I have to say, really does feel like a big part of the UK system, you know, like, and if you're not going to be like one of the best institutions and if you're not going to win the competition and if you're not going to get the the big scholarship or whatever, then you might as well give up now. Mm-hmm. That is often like a a feeling I have felt and like I say, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just where I've come from. And again, you know, being in Switzerland and not being part of the the culture there, everything to me doesn't have that same weight and feeling. I'm, I'm, it, you know, it's much more just taking things as they come at you because you just don't have the preconceptions with which to to measure anything in the same way. I I, how, how do you feel? Like, you know, well, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think yes, maybe we're we're more prone to it and like got to be the best at all times. But <clears throat> it's definitely like something that's instilled in us. So like my time at Conservatoire was very much like like the places that are mentioned and thrown out there. Like oh, oh people people got this. You know the 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 ones that are all mentioned are the massive houses. And yeah. like the famous ones in Europe and like the Royal Opera House or ENO. And yeah. it's like, okay. Uh, so no one, no one is like congratulated or even mentioned really for getting a fest contract at a sea house in Germany or something. Yeah. Or, or a cute opera house in the south of Italy or France or something. It's yeah. just like, shh, radio science about that. No, no one mentions it. It's like, but why? That it's just mental, isn't it? Why, why can't we? You know, as a young singer, your voice isn't necessarily big enough for a big house. If it is, that's amazing. Great. But like a lot of people need to be a bit older just to develop the stamina. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And to sing in a safe way, they need to be at a small house and then they can do, you know, they can do big roles at a small house and then audition for bigger houses. But it's just not, that's not the top of the top. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, it's like, you know, 
to be the top of the top I mean go 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 that's incredible but like that that celebrated place is reserved for such a tiny proportion of the number of people that are training in this industry so it's like where do you where do you go for everyone else and I suppose Mm. I yeah like being being on this program yeah yeah just as a quick side note to this like the people in the studio program are exceptionally good Mm -hmm. and I, I just think what I like about the program is that there is some thought as to the practicality of how to make a career in this industry because you know it's fully understood that it's really very difficult and so I I, I appreciate and respect the fact that you know there's like multiple avenues in a way are being put forward as like you know think about auditioning here or auditioning here or think about the singing for these people or you know you might want to go to this country or this country or whatever there's a I guess being on mainland Europe and having that kind of expansive you know space that you can travel quite easily does mean that there is more but um it gives it gives me more hope in Mm. a way in a way that I didn't necessarily feel in, yeah, in, sure. In the UK, it seems also that you're as I think I don't know if you're saying this. Maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but it seems like all the avenues are presented and like not pushed, but it's like go on. The, these, this is what might suit you. Do this, do that, do this. Like we're laying on these auditions and things for you. Whereas I think that's very it just seems like a whole world different from the conservatoires in the UK, which is like no, like you study here and then you know we're not. We're not really going to, like, we'll, we'll have the token auditions, you know, Glyndebourne will come in and listen to you on this mm. day or, like, Yetta Parker or whatever, but it's, like, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, actually something that massively pushed me towards the programme was, like, the number of relations it has with, like, professional companies. And, yeah, as you say, like, they bring people in for auditions. And, mm. um, you know, you learn so much from that, like, experience the the multiple times you get to do it you you're like okay that was different this was different blah 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 and um I don't know what you mean like actually I was just thinking about you know sometimes we would talk about agents coming to things at academy and it was like you know that you had so little agency in oh my kind gosh, of yeah building a relationship with agents mm. and and I really disliked that because it's like you know it all had to kind of go through academy and and there was such a the whole relationship was so bizarre whereas I don't know at least from what I see it's a bit more open and I don't Mm, know if that's just mm -hmm. the nature of kind of Switzerland and and its opera and how it's trying to build things because I I know we've talked about other like like is it in Italy you have to have an agent you can't yeah 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 yeah. so I know it's depending on the country very very different but um yeah boiling it down into a nutshell I just feel the approach feels more career focused it makes me feel like there is a potential career for me whereas I always felt in the UK I was really yeah and like I was almost like pissing in the wind it's like I'm doing something that is pretty much impossible to make work whereas at least mm-hmm. here I'm like yeah maybe there's a chance and like maybe I could I could make it happen all cast all cast this is your five minute call repeat all cast all cast this is your five minute call yeah for this last section Helen how have you found well, first of all, having no friends there, funny. Um, <laughs> I hate yeah. you so much. <laughs> yeah, how have you found, how, how has that changed your individual focus on your studies? How have you found, uh, you know, the, the difference in focus in terms of repertoire? How have you found the difference in focus in terms of others' behaviour towards you? Yeah, Tell nice. us everything. Let's start with no friends. 
Yeah, I just went into like a hole of like no friends. Yeah. Obviously, it's like super exciting to make a decision to be like, okay, I'm going to go to another country and like pursue this thing that I care about. Uh, but in equal measure, it's it's certainly from my end and my kind of point in my life um, involved quite a lot of like sacrificing. I have a really long term partner and uh, to kind of agreed to go long distance having lived together for three and a half years having spent the full like pandemic together was like a massive sacrifice and um you know similarly it's like lived in london for so long like you're my best friend you live in london too me yes i am like i have lots of other friends they all you know we're in this city so like we could all meet all all of these things you know it's like leaving your family, your friends, the things that you know and love, the familiarity of the place that you know and love. Leaving all of that behind to go and do this one thing, kind of essentially, yeah, as you're saying about focus, it literally like narrows your focus really drastically because you're like, oh, right, this is this thing that, you know, I've, I've kind of said I'm coming here to do. So like, I better do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite a determined person. I'm quite a dogged person. And like having, in a way less distraction as in like less other stuff to think about because people aren't here so like you know i'm not like meeting up with a friend every other day because uh, i don't have any friends ah. but, like <laughs> i do i do but it's different you know they're on the program so it all feels different and having you know losing that um yeah obviously like missing my partner but like not being able to kind of facilitate that because he's not present it does mean you really, or for me, like I've, you, you pour all the energy into the thing that you've sacrificed everything for. Of course, yeah. And so I certainly would say in terms of like my own progress, I'm really pleased with like how much progress I feel I'm making. Like it's been difficult, big, big change in technique, which has been like a lot to think about, a new teacher, all of this kind of stuff. But yeah, in terms of focus, I feel like I lost a lot of the kind of, peripheral stuff that was potentially quite distracting I also am fully aware that I was in like the incredibly fortunate position to have my time out there almost fully funded mm. so like oh my gosh, yeah. you know I, for me this is the first time I've ever studied without a job I like to not have a part-time job alongside singing is baffling um because normally it's like you know you, you're doing all the singing stuff and then I have to go home and like write a bunch of emails or like go go to the office or like whatever I need to do and um to not have that again means like there is more energy for me to pour into the singing which is Mm -hmm. why I'm out there in the first place so I definitely feel although I feel sad because like I miss my home um I feel in terms of like wanting to better myself as a singer and musician I feel I am making steps in that direction and therefore I am like grateful for for the opportunity have you has it made you like realize yes I do really enjoy singing or has it made you think <laughs> god I hate just focusing on this I want to come home no I love singing definitely but I mean it's one of those things where it's like you have ups and downs don't you you have periods of time where you're like I'm the best singer ever and then you have like days where you're like oh my god like I can't believe I've pursued something that I'm terrible at <laughs> um and you, I mean that's the nature of the career isn't it it really does mm. fluctuate um but I, I certainly am not there being like oh god like I, I hate it. Like, what am I doing? I, I don't really, I don't feel that way about it at all. And um, 
you mentioned before like uh, focus in terms of repertoire mm, mm-hmm. kind of touching on what you were saying earlier like you know how handle and personal for you are just like bread and butter yeah. i really uh empathize with what you're saying there and, and i feel the same like britain you know benjamin britain for me is just like how could you not know benjamin britain's music and particularly here in the uk it is it's huge it's mm, everywhere mm-hmm. all the time and um you know i i was talking to to the people on the program and i mentioned like peter grimes and like people didn't know peter grimes and I, that's fine but there is a part of you that's Shocking. like wow like mm. okay you, you really don't like british repertoire like isn't doing the rounds in the same way and then of course you know given the master's experience i had i spent a lot of time looking at alternative repertoire because i kind of enjoy that stuff you know when i say alternative i don't mean like crazy but like some new commission stuff but then also i was like oh you know i'll check out some like messian uh you know whatever just just a few bits and pieces i was like Mm, they're not mm -hmm. your standard everyday repertoire and then of course it's like you come to switzerland and a lot of the teachers actually on the program are from germany and it is like oh i don't know if you know like mozart or like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know the marriage of figaro by by mozart oh, geez, and i'm yeah. like oh boy right and honestly they cannot stop talking about mozart all the time it's like oh this is a masterpiece oh this is you know just an exquisite example of you know construction and something else and i'm just like oh i i don't disagree mm-hmm. i think Mozart's really yeah, good yeah we love it but i'm also like are, are we not like 200 years on now could we not be thinking about some other stuff you know like a- anything i'll take mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. but it's it's such a he is god yeah, and because I would say I'm in quite a Germanic school of of music training, whatever mm-hmm, thought, mm-hmm. Uh, you just can't escape it. And um, I, I I did try and say it once as a joke, but it didn't really go down very well. Classic so I was you like, and your okay, jokes. yeah, sarcasm, yeah, it didn't hit. They were like, yeah, Mozart is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, but I did like because uh, I know you do a lot of your workout in in Italy and now and stuff. Like, do you feel that you're able to kind of kind of commit to it with a different kind of focus because it's abroad, or how how's that relationship for you? Yes, I think the answer is yes. I can Great. I can commit to it with more focus because it's like I've traveled to be here, so I better do this well. Yeah, um, which is a positive as well as a negative because then I put a lot of pressure on myself. Classic. Uh, and it's like I've wasted a lot of money if this isn't good, <laughs> no. which is which is ridiculous. I know, great. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it does focus you. And not that if I was in the UK, I'd be like seeing friends every night and going crazy. I mean, it's it's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, so, so many so many acquaintances. Um, yeah, there. You know, when I when I'm in a foreign city. Then I'm like, well, I don't really know anyone here, so just gonna be silent for the rest of the day. Cool, <laughs> which is great. It's so the good for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love it, and it really does. There's no other distraction. Uh, so uh, you know, if it's repertoire that I don't enjoy, then it's really boring. Yeah. But if it's something that I really am enjoying, God, it's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can really identify with that definitely, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. like. As you say there about the pressure thing, I do know what you mean. Like, I'm like, I gave up a hell of a lot to be there. And so like when something isn't going well, 
I'm like, you fucked it. You've like, you know, you've gambled, you've gambled high and it's really not going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, you know, it's, I appreciate that's not really like the, the best kind of attitude to approach the whole thing with, apparently. Of course. Um, so we're here. <laughs> Weird that. I don't understand. <laughs> From my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, being able to kind of understand that, like, just taking it all in as is. And, and in a way, like, you know, for me, one of the big things i think about is like it's cool to live in another country Mm. like i i I never saw this as something i would do i never saw this as like an option for my life and my career and like i'm really incredibly grateful that i'm getting this this time and this chance and like whatever the next part of my journey is uh you know i'm i'm glad i'm glad i i I took the chance definitely so you would you would recommend people applying i think what's the harm in applying and if you apply and you get in, then you have a big decision to make. And that's the point where you, I don't know, you you talk to your loved ones, you figure out the money side of it, whatever, whatever. But I think, I, I, obviously, if you don't want to move abroad, well, don't go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to force the world to move abroad. But I think, like, we've had conversations with, like, lots of our friends and colleagues that have been like, oh, you know, I've, I've kind of considered like moving abroad or like I've kind of considered applying for stuff I don't know like I don't know oh it seems like oh like all my stuff is here though and like things like that and I think if you are kind of low-key considering it or like you're looking at your options and there's an option in France and you're not sure why not put your hat in the ring why not yeah and then you can make the decision when the time comes because I think back in the day where we used to be uh in choirs and whatever and we got to tour that was one of my favorite parts about like being in the choir like the fact that we got to go and see all these places and do all these things and like the music that we made was what took us there and so like it's been a very long time since i've been in a similar feeling and position and so like sometimes you know you're looking out at the nice swiss mountains Mm. and it's like it's totally wild that I'm here in this position at this point for singing. That's crazy. So I I would recommend it. It's hard <laughs> and it's it is lonely sometimes. You know, I'm not like lying. It's not like a just a walk in the park, but I think for me it's certainly like the right now uh, you've caught me on a good day, but the, <laughs> the positives are outweighing the negatives is what I'm trying to say. And I think if it's something that you're curious about, you, I always think you should go for it. Go for it. Let's all join you in Bern. I can't wait. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> Next <Bern>. year. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, if you have any questions about studying abroad or you have any thoughts on kind of things I've talked about today, we've talked about, excuse me, how rude, um, the monologue, um, but please get in touch. Uh, how would they contact us, Alex? I would say write Helen a really long email. Uh, the email address is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. Uh, also via the contact form on the website, which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. You can catch us on social media. We're on Instagram at dressing room pod. We're on Facebook forward slash dressing room pod. And we're on Twitter at dressing room PO1. Don't forget to give us a like. Don't forget to subscribe and We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tschüss. <laughs> <laughs>